Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? How's it going? I don't mind. Do what you have to do. Do your ayahuasca. Do your shrooming. Do your microdosing. I have no judgment of that other than dosing is dosing. I know you can't feel it. I know. I know. You know, people have recommended it to me sometimes. Maybe you should microdose. I'm like, I don't know. Why? Why? If you're going to do it, do it, right? Coming up on fucking 22 years sober here. And a little brittle, a little poppy. Could use some in-person secret society uh, clubhouse get-togethers. How are you guys doing? I'm just rambling. This is is the, uh, the show. Welcome to it. Some of you might be new to it because Matt Damon is the guest. He's got this new flick out. Did I just say flick like an old man? He's got this new flick on acetate out at the projector theaters. He's got this uh, film out. It's called uh, Stillwater. It's quite a movie. I enjoyed it. It's uh, I, I've seen a couple of movies that are uh, encouraging. Sometimes films don't do what you anticipate them doing. You know, this the promo for this thing, the, the, the promotional campaign for Stillwater uh, makes it seem like a, a sort of, um, what's that movie with... Uh, What's those ones with uh, Liam Neeson taken? You know, like a guy's going to save his daughter. But it's not, it's not, it's, it's definitely not a franchise film. And it's uh, it's kind of a morally challenging film. And the, the protagonist, the main guy that uh, Matt plays, this guy Baker, he's not your average hero or maybe uh, maybe not a hero at all. It, it's, it's a provocative movie and it's beautifully written because it unfolds in a way where you don't really, you can't settle in to what is happening exactly for a good 10 to 15 minutes, which I kind of like. You know, you're kind of learning as it goes along. There's not a big information dump with some uh, awkward monologue or stilted conversation between characters. It just unfolds sort of uh, beautifully and naturally, and all of a sudden you're in this predicament that is uh, complicated. So I guess I'm saying I enjoyed the film. I saw a couple movies. I I actually went to the real movies. And I think it's one of the reasons why I fucking went into some goddamn uh, grief zone again. I saw the movie Pig with Nicolas Cage because I I just wanted to see it. And I don't know why, because I wanted to, it felt like Nick Cage was going to do something. It felt like Nick Cage was going to do Nick Cage at, at his best. I just felt it. And I didn't know what the movie was about, but it seemed unusual to me about a, a guy 
whose truffle kid, his truffle pig, a truffle hunter, his truffle pig gets kidnapped. I'm like, what is that? And it's about, all, all I get is that it's a guy who wants his pig back. It's like, this is an action movie? Again, like Stillwater. It's like, is this a hero? Is this a franchise? Is this guy, is, how, many, how many movies does he search for the pig? But it was not that kind of movie. It was a very sweet, poetic movie, sort of in the same world as First Cow, which was a movie that came out last year, which was a period piece. This is sort of a modern film, but it happens in sort of a, I think, a mythical landscape. It is based in Portland, Oregon, and the region up there around Portland in the woods. But And it does deal with uh, sort of chef culture. It deals with uh, you know food culture. But it, it's really not about that. It's about... It's really about grief. The movie is a meditation, a poetic meditation about grief. A lot of the the sort of elements of the story are clearly unreal uh, in terms of their execution as reality, but it's more of a lyrical movie. And by the time, and it's it's about authenticity, it's about grief, it's about passion. But the undercurrent is the sort of the the heaviness of humanity when it comes to processing loss and processing grief. And the ending just shattered me. I went with Jerry, Jerry Stahl, my buddy, and I'm fucking weeping in the car ride home. And it's a mile car ride. They had a lot to do. Maybe it was just the, it was what it was. It just reopened it, and it made me see it differently. It made me see grief differently. And I'm still not that far from it, but it made me see the the you know the balance of it and what and and what it does to you. I don't know. Powerful movie, and even though it shattered me, I, I I'm probably going to go see it again. And that was not a paid advertisement. I got to give myself a break sometimes, and it's part of this creative process. You guys, I did the last of the first run of dynasty typewriter shows. And the last one was, it was sort of astounding and I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn or be proud, but you know, I'm very grounded and from, and, and, and where I'm coming from is sort of a, a deeper place uh, with the improvisation, but a lot of it sort of came together kind of beautifully. And, and a lot of it was, you know, a, a little, not dark, but you know, honest and heavy, but it wrote a line, and uh, I guess that's just where I'm at. It was very rewarding to do the shows. I'm in very sort of peak comedy shape after you know performing nightly at the comedy store and uh, you know honing that edge, and then kind of like locking in to the hour plus uh, riff sessions to see where we land. It looks like I, I've definitely got you know probably an hour of solid shit that I could sort of craft. And I guess I should tell you that I, I am doing this. I am doing these dates. I don't know what's sold out and what isn't. I should, but I don't right now. I don't have it in front of me. So you will have to um, check it out for yourself. I am at the Comedy Works in Denver, August 5th, 6th, and 7th. I will be at the Comedy Works in Denver. That's five shows total. At Stand Up Live in Phoenix, Arizona, August 12th. That's the uh, Thursday. And then they added one, August 13th, another single show at Stand Up Live in Phoenix. August 19th and 20th and 21st, I will be at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, That's uh, five shows total. Uh, September 16th, 17th, and 18th, I will be at Helium in St. Louis uh, uh, if there is not a um, complete uh, theocratic takeover and COVID fucking... uh, 
super spreader event of the new Omega strain, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be there in Missouri for you people uh, who, are, who need me to come. September 30, October 1, and October 2, I'll be up in Indiana at the, at the Comedy Attic, which I love to do, the Bloomington Room. It's nice, comfortable, get some work done. So for fuck's sake, by the time November comes, I, I should be tight and sick. Tight and sick of that hour. <laughs> Is that the name of my new tour? Tight and sick, 2021. Maybe, maybe. Um, Matt Damon is in this new film, Stillwater, which is a surprising movie. Directed by Tom McCarthy. It opens in theaters this Friday, July 30th. And he came by the house. He came by the house. This is me and Matt Damon. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Amen. Do you ever like consider do you have some plan in your head where you're like I'm going to leave. I'm going to go somewhere else. Uh, I get probably in the back of my head. Like I definitely, you know, when we st- we did the lockdown, we started the lockdown. We were in Ireland because we were shooting. That's a movie. the best place. It was so fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> we Is loved that, it there so much, and I was kind of in the back of my head, like I could move here. <laughs> I could live here. That's the place I always think of. I don't yeah. even know why. I don't like. I'm a Jew. I don't I have a no attachment right. to Ireland. But every time I go there, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, these. Yeah, are, it's beautiful. Yeah, where were you? Uh, in Dalkey, which is just just uh, about forty five minutes outside of Dublin, um, oh it's this God. beautiful seaside town, and I mean, it was just—it's the best. It was beautiful. Yeah, you took was, the whole family. Yeah, we were all. I I, it, I got very lucky. We were shooting, we were shooting this movie uh, that's going to come out later in the year called The Last Duel, and half of it we shot in France and half in Ireland, and we made it. We just eked out the French. Yeah. Uh, part of our schedule. So you finished that? We finished that, yeah. and then we we did a crew travel to Ireland, Yeah, landed in Ireland, and shut down. So you're there for months? I, we stayed for three months, yeah. <sighs> we had this, because we got there, and you know we'd rented all of these uh, houses in this town. Yeah. Um, that were, you know, it was about a 15-minute drive to the studio. It was this beautiful little town. So everyone, you know, the actors, and Ridley Scott was directing it. Everybody rented a place. Well, everybody left. Yeah. And so I was there and I kind of looked around and we had, you know, 
if, if, you know, a few people in our little group and yeah. we were like, well, we got all these houses man. <laughs> <laughs> for three months. <laughs> so we just moved into these houses it's, and, uh, oh, and man. just kind of took it over and, and, uh, and had just the best, the best time. That's, I, I love it there. I, but I don't know, like you don't have to tour or anything. You could theoretically live wherever you want. You just go and make movies. Right. Like I sort of am tied to the States somehow because I got to entertain people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you got to jump on a plane every weekend and go. If I want. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Go perform for go the perform. Uh, the weirdos, the strangers out in the world. But I don't know why people, I don't know. But do you think you'd get bored? Do you occupy yourself well? I mean, what do you do? No, no. I I, I have no problem occupying myself. I mean, I, there, are, there are other places I could live. And, you know, yeah. I was in Australia for the first part of this year. And I, I love it down there. And Where in Australia? <clears throat> in uh, Byron Bay. Is that uh, by where? Is that like by Brisbane, by Sydney? It's, by... it's, it's, yeah, it's about a two hour drive from Brisbane, south okay. of Brisbane, about okay. an hour south of the Gold Coast. And you and liked it? I love it there, yeah. You love beautiful. Australia? Yeah, I love it there, yeah. Australia or Ireland? Those are the places. Well, they're, those are two of them. I think that I could, there are a lot of countries I could. Do you ever think of like Costa Rica? Yeah, I've spent I... a lot of time there. <laughs> I haven't been in years, but I, I love, there's a beautiful, you know, there's a great, you know, it, that's a totally different style of living. Yeah. Like, I love, I just love traveling. I love moving around and, and yeah. I've lived in all these different kind of European capitals because of work. Yeah. And, like, uh, oh, you know, for Bourne? Yeah, for the Bourne movies. And a like bunch where of, else? Have you lived, were you in uh, Hungary? Yeah, Budapest for The Martian. I yeah. lived there for a few months. Oh, so that's where that was shot? Yeah, they they have the one, one of the biggest sound stages in the world. There's the famous Bond stage at Pinewood that they claim is the biggest in the world. Yeah. But this one in Budapest, uh, I th- think, claims that by square footage or square meters, it's bigger. Uh, and you're able to get out and do shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the language is a, a problem for me in, right. in Hungary, but... Um, do you speak any other languages? I speak Spanish, some some Spanish, enough enough to get around. Okay, and but I haven't had a lot of jobs in Spanish speaking countries, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. Like Australia, I think I could live there, but I always get a feeling when I'm there that I'm like, wow, I'm really, you know, we're really out here. There's no, it's far away. <laughs> there's yeah. no, yeah, there's nobody around. There's there's a good side of that and a bad side of that. But yeah. I I mean I get that island tweak on even when I'm on Hawaii. I'm like, fuck, we're just out here. We're out here <laughs> in the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just happen to have a bunch of friends down there too. So in I feel, Australia, yeah. So I feel really comfortable there because we have a nice community of friends. Oh, that's nice. So I watched uh, I watched this the new movie, the the Stillwater movie. Did you like it? Yeah, man. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got I mean, I got questions about uh, about uh, process. I thought the guy who directed it, he did Spotlight too. What's his name again? Tom McCarthy. Yeah. It's fucking great how that story unfolds because yeah. you don't like it for the first, and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because you don't know what the hell's going on for about twenty minutes. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, like this guy's looking for a job and now he's on a plane. It's like what's happening? Yeah, and he's a he's a he's a roughneck from from Oklahoma. It's a very specific thing. Yeah, it's like he's, what is this guy? Where's this guy traveling? It's so funny because when uh, you know when I, I my producer told me about the movie and, and like what it's about, it's about a guy who goes to you know save his daughter. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a franchise thing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The setup, it feels like it should be a Liam Neeson but, movie, right? But, but but could you think of that guy, that character you play in this movie, Bill Baker, as a franchise? As a, no, no, <laughs> no. He's definitely gonna go not. somewhere else and fuck something up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. To, to solve a problem, he's gonna make it worse. A broken, a broken man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just think, uh, doing damage to yeah, his primary like, relationship. Yeah, not 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 really succeeding in the, all right. these uh, uh, these attempts at, at fixing things. <laughs> but I thought that made that that character was. Um, I don't know that I've ever really seen a character like that that was sort of unabashedly not particularly bright. 
you know, and not really uh, a heroic and, and damaged, uh, but, you know, earnest somehow because he, he needed to to be in, in, in order to transcend his past sins. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's just trying to repair the damage that he's done. Yeah. You know, to this relationship with his daughter and he, he wants to you know make amends and 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 help her help her yeah but like but he doesn't the, have any other kind of requisite skills to do the, that he's not capable in any way right like you know when he's out there looking for that guy i'm like oh my god You're like what are you doing he's like man? an idiot like, yeah yeah literally I mean, he doesn't speak the language <laughs> he doesn't actually he doesn't understand the culture so he doesn't actually know what's happening yeah. around him he literally might as well be on another planet and he's, he's he's just bun- he's just you know doing it right yeah and then the but there was just something so interesting about the nature of lying, the nature of shame, and all that shit, you know? And well, that's the whole thing, is that, that the guy from the first frame, you have to understand. That's the challenge of the performance, is that, is that this guy's carrying this, this guilt and, and pain and grief and shame and regret yeah. and, uh, for his failings. And, and, um, and, and you need to... You need to. Be, it needs to be real, right? It's got to. You got to yeah. believe that. Um, you know that's why I worry if they if they sell it too much like a thriller. Because to your point about expecting, like, yeah. you know, those movies are fucking great. Like sure, I'm the man. first guy to be like when Liam Neeson's like, I have a very particular set of skills. I'm yeah. like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. get him. Right. But uh, this, this guy's is, like, I have no particular. I have skills. no particular skill. <laughs> I don't have anything that's going to help me here. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's not a thrill it's a thriller kind of setup, but it really is a drama. Um, well, was there a discussion about that? Like, do you talk to the to the writer? Uh, you know, in the sense of how like is he upset with how it's being marketed so far? Or do you? Know? No, no, no. I I don't. I'm. This is me kind of lobbing a yeah, grenade yeah, yeah. from the sideline. No, I, I, I haven't I'm, I haven't looked. I'm not a producer on the movie. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm just an actor on this one. So, you know. But listen, there's always there are always these debates about. You know, do you bait and switch? Do you do you, do you try to get people in the theater and then they're so wowed by the movie that? But I've never ever ever believed that. I think you got to be completely honest with the audience. No, this I, is I, what like this I'm looking at the is. poster right now. Matt Damon still wears secrets run deep, right? And with this look in your, you know, you're like, this guy's a badass. <laughs> but when you're about ten minutes into the movie, you're like, I don't know, he's not, <laughs> he's not a badass at all. <laughs> He's, I hope he's okay, this guy. He seems yeah. like he's a little over his head. Yeah, he's completely overwhelmed. Yeah, but situation. I mean, but the character, I loved it because at the end, you know, and I'm not going to fuck anything up, but there is a, a sort of like moral conundrum. Yeah, and he and he really, the guy really goes on a journey. I mean, a roughneck he from does. Oklahoma, yeah, is a very specific, you're from a very specific part of our country and you do a very specific thing. Like that, I learned so much getting ready for this thing, like going down there and hanging with those guys. Like it's, it's a fucking hard job. Is that how you do it? Because like I was trying to figure out like you know some of the choices you made, and it seemed like you know there's like a a lot of stopping of emotion. Like, and I imagine that's just become second nature once you decide that this guy's like you know a lot of it's strangling him from the inside. Yeah, I mean, there's the physicalization of it, right? The external kind of what of what you see, right? Which yeah. is like all of that we got from those guys, you know, the yeah. the, the blue jeans with the fire sure, retardant sure. and the yeah. you know the, the the goatee and the wraparound shades and the hat and yeah. the, and, and and all of that and and the and the body type. Yeah, which is like that job is is you it demands kind of like beefy but not fit necessarily, right? And yeah. and power, yeah. like you got to right. be fucking strong yeah. to do that. Yeah, and uh, and and uh, 
and all of that, the carriage of the guy w- was all really dictated by those guys. And, yeah. And, and uh, but the but the the internal stuff that you're talking about, that's that come you get that from the screenplay and through. It's like it's like you push real emotion out through the filter of what you've right of of the guy you're playing. The guy's right? limitations or or yeah, whatever yeah, they are, or whatever they are. Yeah. yeah. So that's how you work. You just see what's on the page and start making decisions around the lines and, and seeing where he's like sort of swallowing. Uh, his ability to to be honest or his ability to you know communicate emotions and all that shit yeah i mean like even before i i understood the roughneck aspect of yeah. it like reading the script i it was uh, all those dynamics were you felt got very it. real to me yeah right? like a guy a guy you know in general terms a father who 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 has his sense of failure right who and, blew it who blew it and you know, as a parent, it doesn't take a lot to do that thought exercise of imagine waking up and my kid's in their, in, in her 20s yeah. and she's in prison in another country. And, yeah. and I feel responsible for yeah. for how her life turned out because yeah. I wasn't around. And yeah. I think, you know, the guy, they allude to the fact that he he was drinking and he right. was an addict. And right. like, that is the experience, right, of waking, you wake up and you're like, wait a minute, what, how the fuck did I get here? And you also, know. you've got wreckage, and you've got wreckage, and, and his and his the situation with his wife, his ex wife, right? His I don't want to even tip that because because the the way this story unfolds because it's so smartly written, you know, is that you're finding things out. Yeah, nothing is. There's nothing dumped at the beginning, like of the movie, where you're like, "This is the guy. He's going to do this right. thing, and this is what he's been through." You sort of like it all happens. It unfolds. As yeah, you're you, watching it. you pick them up kind of midlife. Yeah, you man. kind of you kind of parachute into the middle yeah. of their life yeah. and you catch up as the movie goes. On. And I kind of like that. I kind of I like that that I I like watching a movie and not really knowing what the fuck is happening for ten minutes. Right, and then it all sort of comes together. Like, oh man. Yeah, it's, you just have to be careful as a screenwriter that you. I mean, S- Steven Soderbergh had a great line. <laughs> he said to me the other day, uh, we were just talking about yeah. this very thing, and he goes. His his one liner was confusing people does not make you an artist, <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> which is great. He's funny. I just talked to that guy, you know, and he's very matter of fact. He's very pragmatic about mm-hmm. you know you know what is art, what isn't art, what he considers film versus what he considers movies, mm-hmm. what the last film he made was, and it, the also the idea of like not uh, you know not being a particular brand. Like, you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't ever want anyone to go like, this feels like a Steven Soderbergh movie. No, right. His interest is entirely in form. I, I with form. I remember having that, I, when I did this movie, <clears throat> Invictus, it was a rugby movie. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, tw- 12 I remember years that ago. Movie, yeah. But Clint Eastwood was directing it. At the time, Clint was 79. Yeah. And I remember I called Steven from the set the <laughs> yeah. first day after work because yeah. he had been, he had been hinting that he was going to retire. Clint or Steven. No, Steven. Yeah. And I called him, I was like, man... I just got off set with a fucking eighty-year-old guy who's having the time of his life. He's yeah. doing great work. He's, ha- you know, yeah. Like, why? Why would you ever? I'm like, this is so fun. Why would you ever stop? Yeah. And, and he instantly just shot back. He goes, he goes because Clint's a, he goes Clint's a storyteller. I'm only interested in form. Yeah, but it, but it, it, but it doesn't sound celebratory. You know when. He- he says it. You know, it sounds like this is this is the burden that I've you know that I'm doing I'm dealing with. It's it's not no, sir. I wouldn't say yeah. I, I understand that 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 it it might it might feel no. He's a serious me, guy. He's a very serious guy, and to me, it's the it's what takes up his mental space. That's what's he's an intellectual guy. Yeah, and that's what's really interesting to him. But like and Clint, like from what I understand about working with that guy, he just expects you to do your job. Yeah. 
And like you, you know, he doesn't want to, you know, get involved. Like it turns out, like, and I, I was sort of surprised to learn this early on that no directors really want to be acting teachers. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, Tom, who directed this movie, yeah. I think because he he's a, he's a fantastic actor. Actually, is that what he set out to do? I think I'm going to interview him. Is that was that his plan? Well, I think he he set out to do all three. I mean, he's, oh, he's yeah. a writer, director, and actor. Yeah. But uh, but he's obviously you know he's won Academy Awards as a writer and a director so he's I think that's what everybody sees him as but he's a wonderful actor and yeah so you get directors like him or, or Francis Ford Coppola was you know who I love that love... fucking movie man that Rainmaker that you oh, did yeah. with him I you know it's like I don't know why people don't talk about it enough like it's a weird thing because like you know when you think of uh, Coppola you think of these these seminal these huge movies sure yeah. but like that movie was a great movie. It's probably one of the best Grisham movies, like that and The Firm, uh, the best. Yeah, well, thanks, you were great man. I, thanks, man. I, 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 look, it was a, it was, I mean, I got it was a working with Francis. It was unbelievable. Um, but he, but, but he loves actors. He, yeah. lo- I mean, I, I moved to, <laughs> I moved to Knoxville, Tennessee, because that's where my character was from, and I bartended for a month for that movie. Um, once when I got the part, yeah. I, jumped in my truck and drove down there and and I bar backed I, I got a I told this owner of this bar I I, I walked in I, I explained that I was an actor I was yeah. like I'll work for free I'll give all my tips to the other people. he didn't know you no huh. and because uh, you weren't huge I, no not at all yeah and uh and so I did that and then I and then Francis did like I want to say it was like three weeks of rehearsals up at his place in northern California yeah and at the uh, vineyard I, at the vineyard yeah. yeah but he's got a whole <laughs> yeah you know he has the old rko library he's got a whole rehearsal space yeah, 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 it's yeah. really like a like a like a creative yeah. commune up right. there yeah and uh and i lived in his house um you know for three weeks and he would do these improvisations that would go on for days but like, who was there you and danny or you and claire uh, claire who was like you know who was part of the crew up every there? every actor in that movie like like the whole really? yeah mary Kay place and john voight and everybody in the movie came it came up mickey um, work too uh mickey i don't remember coming up i don't know if he had been cast at that point oh yeah um bruiser bruiser yeah man you really remember that's great that movie's sick god it's like 25 years I ago. just watched it recently because I because I, I, there's something about that movie that I really like that the it's hard to do those kind of stories that are written as books that that are completely compelling there's several different stories and yeah. to sort of carry that off or to pull it off and I just and knowing it was Francis and then re-watching it again because it was him and trying to just kind of take it in again I just I love it I love I love that I love the I love the comedy in it because it's like you and Danny I mean there's no way DeVito's not going to be a comedic character it's just not going to happen even if he's a serious character right you got to deal with that guy yeah yeah and he's funny and the two of you had a kind he's of he's com- great in that movie he's, he's great fucking great yeah great. yeah and john voight too like john oh really, my god yeah he was great you know, and i remember great. him saying back then he's like i really got this guy <laughs> like he knew he was like <laughs> it was like he connected with the 95 mile an hour fastball yeah he was like yeah i i, I got into that one uh, it was all good the courtroom stuff was great all that courtroom yeah. stuff was great yeah yeah but yeah, uh, so you were saying you're all working up there with francis and he just loves actors is that the deal yeah yeah i mean so i i, I guess it was to to circle back it's it just depends on the director uh, yeah. some of them don't some of them are like just just show up and like clint clint isn't like clint clint is an actor but yeah but he but he he moves on usually after the first take yeah you know and he and the first day i shot with him he said that he i i asked him for a second take because I I'd been working on this South African accent for like six months because I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of takes and I, I really worked hard on it. It's a really, 
fucked up accent. I don't know if you like every everything your tongue does in that accent is the opposite of what it does when we speak English the way we do. Yeah. Like if you say I'll be right back and think about what your tongue does, they would say I'll be right back. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) What? (laughs) So I I was like nervous about it and uh, and I said after the first take of the first scene, I was like, can can we do another one? I was like, boss, can I have another one? Yeah. He was just like, why? You want to waste everybody's time? <laughs> I was like, Jesus. It's like, okay, I guess we're moving on. I'm good if you're good. <laughs> Did he? Oh, shit. And that was just the way it went. That was it, man. He's, you know, he's. But Coppola will fucking, he'll do it. He'll burn a few. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, most most directors will. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I talked to Ben Affleck about that. Like, he's always, he's like, I, because the Soderberghs of the world, or Spielberg for that matter, uh, um, or Clint, they're cutting in camera, right? They're cutting, they're editing the movie while they're shooting it. In their uh, head? Or yeah, like, well, they're just, <clears throat> like, uh, so the original directors kind of back in the old studio days, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't edit their own movies. Yeah. So they, they, because the studio controlled the edit, what they learned to do was was to only give them material that could be Enough, cut one right, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, right. and that is a, that is a, that is a very very hard thing. Yeah, that yeah. is a very high skill it's yeah, i mean to, to 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 be able to do that it's 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 really incredible like john houston i think in his last movie he shot on like 18,000 feet of film the entire film like that is a degree of difficulty that is just is that a lot or a little nothing 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 to to put it in perspective i i did a screen test for michael mann and we shot 18,000 feet of film in a day <laughs> okay what was that for uh, for goodwill hunting oh wow yeah he was he was uh, one of the directors who was considering doing it and okay. he and he 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 wanted to put me and ben on film and see 18,000 feet in a day yeah and that's the that's the same amount that john houston shot the dead in um, so the dead, yeah, that's an odd movie. But too. so these guys had to. So yeah. Clint Eastwood actually told me a great story about this. Um, a great old filmmaker named De Sica, this Italian. Clint was doing like bicycle a, I think, thief, right? Yes, yeah. and he was doing a short film with him when he was in his twenties. So this is seventy years ago, and he had a line, and he was supposed to say the line as he was walking from one side of the room to the other. So yeah. as he's making this cross, he says the line, and De Sica interrupts him, and and Clint kind of jokingly says don't you want me to finish the line? Yeah. And he said, the second half of the line, we're going to be on the other side of the room. <laughs> so he, you know, and, and so. Don't want to waste anything. No, no. And, uh, but thought. also, I don't want anybody to take this away from me. This is, a, now, now, that is, like most, you know, it just takes so much experience to be able to, to do that. When we shot Saving right. Private Ryan, Stephen yeah. had 10 cameras up on some setups. Oh. And he would sit there at this bank of monitors and run that, run it back yeah. and go, come here, come here, watch this. And he'd go, we're on this camera, we're on this camera, we're on this camera. And he would point to the exact- He loves it though. Like he's like a nerd guy, right? Well, like a prodigy. Yeah. 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 Like he just loves it. He the, loved it. Well, I, they all love it. Yeah, they I all, guess so. They all but not all of them have 10 cameras set up. No, not not all of them have the no. I mean, you know, yeah. Rid, Ridley Scott. You know, every every setup has at least four cameras. Really? Mm-hmm. For the dual one? Mm-hmm. What's that about? That's about the last sanctioned duel in medieval France between these two uh, knights, one of whom uh, claimed the other raped his wife. Hmm. And so we wrote it. We saw it as a story of these different perspectives. And yeah. So Ben and I wrote the male perspectives of the, each night. Oh, wait, was that the one Nicole Hoffs? N- Nicole Hoffs center writes the, the female perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's amazing. Oh, she's, good. She's just amazing. Yeah, so it's a, good, it's a good time? 
Yeah, we had a blast writing it, and and uh, I think it's going to be really good. You so know? it's you and Ben's movie. Ben and I, yeah, Adam Driver and I play the two knights, right. and then Jodie Comer plays the woman, the Lady Marguerite. Right, She's but you guys wrote it. Amazing, yeah. Ben and I and, and Nicole. Yeah, yeah. How's that? How? Why'd you choose that? Uh, like, I mean, it's like you got to wear the outfit, you got a weird beard. What do you? Yeah, well, I mean, why I, that? Why that story? I just I, thought it was really. I read the book. And, oh, okay, so it's um, based on a book. Yeah, it's based on a book. Okay, and. Uh, um, but the guy who runs development for me, Drew, handed it to me a couple uh, Christmases ago, a couple of Decembers. I was walking out the door yeah. to go on vacation, and he said, this is your one thing that you yeah. have to read. And I read it, and uh, I immediately sent it to Ridley, because his first movie's called The Duelist. Like, I saw the title in it, yeah, I yeah. just thought of Ridley. And, yeah. And we, I had, we had been looking for something to do together again because we did the Martian together and really had a good experience. That's a, like such a, a, a. Would you call that? Would you consider that movie a comedy? Uh, well, no. Well, the like the Golden Globes did. You mean? <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, because there, it's definitely there are definitely prolonged parts of that movie that are are funny. You know, and they seem sort of played for comedy a little bit the, yeah. when you were shooting it, didn't you? Well, I guess there, there's certainly laughs in the movie, and and but I think any like Goodwill Hunting has a lot of laughs in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure, it, but yeah. I, I wouldn't call it a comedy. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think and for any movie, like you can't go two hours without cracking a smile or my I God. guess because I'm thinking because the character does at some point become performative and becomes aware that he's doing a bit that he's doing a bit for the cameras sure. yeah. because if, if anybody ever finds these right, things it's right. yeah exactly yeah exactly. yeah so all right so you get Ridley in on the duel yeah and then uh and we were looking for a writer and um and Ben came over for dinner and uh we were just he was like are you working on anything I was like I don't know I've got this thing and and I had come up with this idea of the perspectives with Drew Goddard, who wrote The Martian. Who, mm-hmm. um, but he and I, in this kind of email, this series of emails, were kind of. I felt like we fleshed out what the movie should be. Yeah. And I was explaining it to Ben. I got. Well, we have to find a writer, but here's what, here's what I think it is, and what would be really interesting. Yeah. Um. You know the the, the idea of people kind of looking at the same, uh, ha- looking at the same. Event and and coming away with totally different ideas like of what uh, Rashomon, similar to Rashomon, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, everyone's got a different story. Every everyone's got a different story, but ah. but it's really but it but based on your kind of you know what you're acculturated to believe. And so like, is it is it built up on a, a, a flashbacks kind of? Is it like a story told by people from a this happened in the past perspective? It's told from three different perspectives. And so you revisit some of things. Okay. And, but you're also getting new information from each. But, but hopefully you're leaving the movie understanding why everyone believes what they believe and what are these stories that we tell us and chivalry and all of these things that... Uh-huh. Uh, um, is it like what's what's real, man? Well, as I was reading the book, yeah, the what, I mean, the first twenty pages, I was like, you can't. How could you root for any of these people? Like, I mean, right. these are these are, Awful you know, this people. is an antecedent culture of you know, it's like in the middle of the Hundred Years' War, these people are, these people are 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 born into the Hundred Years' War. They fight their whole lives. Yeah rape pillage and die and yeah. they're still in the hundred year right. war right it's <laughs> right. like yeah 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 uh and and what's what was really striking about the book was this woman um because under enormous pressure um and at the risk of her own life yeah again and again she stood up to power and 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 spoke truth to power and so that's the important really, part and you guys yes. just, you guys realized early on that like we can't write this woman we have to get a woman to write this woman 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was someone else in our office. We had internal conversations in our office. Yeah. And uh, uh, a really great woman who works with us um, um, helped us see the light. And oh, she yeah? was right. I mean, so we and we sat there and we went like, well, who who can we get? And we each put forward a name, Ben and I did, of, of like, who, all right, who's the best right? And I, you know, that you know. And right. I was like, well, Tamara Jenkins for me. And Ben said, well, Nicole Hollis Center. And, and, and I was like, okay, those are two Good. Yeah. fucking geniuses like, right. <laughs> that I would love to work with. Uh, and why don't we call one of them? And, and, and Nicole- <laughs> It was in? Nicole came, well, so the first thing- she And so did, she was in Ireland with you, right? Yes, yes, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. Because she she's a producer on the movie yeah. and and one of the writers and everything. But she showed up. She's like, I don't know how these people talk. I, and Ben sent her like we we'd written like twenty rough pages, yeah, like nothing really, yeah. And Ben's like, Yeah, we're gonna meet with Nicole today. I sent her that twenty page. I'm like, You what? <laughs> no, you didn't. I'm like, How could you do that? This is so embarrassing. Right. It was like I felt like he just like betrayed you just stripped us down naked in front of one of the great right like, but it actually had to, i think she saw she was like oh you guys don't know what you're doing either all right okay. i'll jump in with you guys <laughs> um and she did which was which was great because she's uh she's just so wonderful and it, and it came out how long did it take you to get it all done the script it didn't take i mean it was only a few months really? like the re- it really it, it, we, we really um you know then when i was doing stillwater uh Ridley and Nicole came over and uh you know we'd have like we'd have script meetings in uh, in, Spain in Marseille yeah in in France France, and uh and then uh you know on you know Nicole and I would do some work and but you know it 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 came together pretty pretty quickly wow and so how many how many does this make that you've written with Ben this is the second one it's only the second one yeah so this is like what 30 years apart just about yeah and like was the process the same as as writing no Good that's what was really really fun thing yeah F- funny was that we hadn't written for so long because yeah. we the assumption was we couldn't we didn't have the time because goodwill hunting took us so long because we didn't have we any were idea kids what we were doing. right and but like you've both become you know movie stars and you know at least one of you has had some fairly public personal struggles right but you've remained friends the whole time oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. but we and, and we've and we've spent our adult lives making movies yeah. so we just we we wrote really fast because we actually just by os- osmosis over the last 25 or 30 years, understand structure now. Like with right. Goodwill Hunting, we wrote yes. thousands of pages. Like what we understood were the characters. Right. And we'd go, all right, what if there's a scene where we take your character and my character and we put them you know, on a construction site? <laughs> right. Okay, let's write that scene. Yeah. And we could write that scene. We could write forever. We just didn't- You didn't have anything to do. We didn't, didn't have anything, but we didn't know that, 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 that yeah. it would fit into a movie and right, cohere right, right. into some kind of narrative. So now you've, he's directed and written, you fucking have done your business. Right. Produced. Right. And so, so guys, yeah. it, it, the process was actually really fun and we kind of left going like, oh man, we let's do this again. Like this was really, we, we can actually do this and not- Freak out. And yeah. And have not it consume your have entire life. consume lives. our entire life. Yeah. <laughs> Now you guys, you hang out. You've remained friends the whole time. You, you yeah. guys are tight. Oh yeah, yeah. That's nice. I always wonder that about people because a lot of times they they don't hang out. You know, like people who are, you know, it's sort of like Do you talk to that guy. Like, nah, I haven't seen him since that movie. I'm like, wow. Well, it is a business that like you come together and have these intense working relationships with people for like and four months, and then you never want to see him again. <laughs> no, it's not even that. <laughs> yeah. I remember doing. I was doing this movie, The Good Shepherd, with uh, that Robert De Niro was directing. Yeah. And uh, 
and we were shooting we had shot a few days in london and uh as we were in london um we were shooting a night and uh and uh, Ter- uh terry gilliam came yeah, down because yeah, yeah. he i had worked with him a few years earlier and on what on the brothers Grimm. oh yeah yeah and uh and when we broke for lunch which was dinner because we were shooting a night yeah. we, we all uh went to shay j which is this little place in the west end and sat down and and terry and bob looked at each other and they realized it had been 20 years since they did brazil, brazil. yeah yeah and they both kind of nodded like fuck wow yeah wow what you know it's weird about that about sets and about the intensity of the time because it really is otherworldly because a lot of times you get done and i imagine you've done a lot more than me you get off set and you go back to your life right right <laughs> right and you have a life that you that yeah. requires nurturing and that was like and a whole other and... life for but it's a, it's intensified it's just a four-month life that's or a right six yeah. month life yeah and it's a community and it's a little town and it's a family and then you just sort of like you all understand that like all right that's it. Yeah, we're yeah. done. I remember saying that to Coppola at the end of The Rainmaker. I yeah. said, I, I just said, I, I sat down with him and I said, I just, I've had the best time. It was like this unbelievable experience. It was yeah. so great. And I said, I, 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 I really hope we can do this again. And he looked at me and completely earnestly said, so do I. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wait, but you're Francis Ford Coppola. Can't you just make it yeah. happen? And um, it kind of hit me like, oh no, it's like we're all reacting to the... We gotta we gotta go where the material takes yeah. us, and it's so but, weird, isn't it? Yeah, but you do a lot of stuff. You seem to like to work, no matter we like. You seem to do little things for fun. Yeah, I just <laughs> love to do it. So yeah. it's like when someone calls me and you says, like to act. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I I I love it. It's 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 what I what I would like to do in my free time. Yeah. So when somebody calls me and says, "Hey, I have a cameo," I'm 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 usually in. <laughs> You know, <laughs> just because I think it'll be fun. It's so well, even like in I just watched that that last uh, Soderbergh movie, which you don't have a huge part, but it's like a pretty powerful couple of scenes. Yeah, that, it was a little cameo, and I had read the script because I'm usually I usually read what Steven's doing. Yeah, and uh, so I knew this I knew the script, and um, and it's like he called me up. I was doing the last duel. I was in Ireland, and he yeah. said, "Hey, you know, do you want to play this part?" And um. And I was like, oh, yeah, are you kidding me? I mean, it's a scene with, with two of my favorite actors. Yeah. It's, it's Cheadle and Benicio. I'm yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. So that was the thing. It's like, I want to work with those guys. Yeah, and it's, uh, they're, they're my buddies, and and, uh, and Steven's my friend, and it's like, he's, you know, I want to be- like, And you think, like, what, how many days was it? Like, three days? No, not even. It was like a day and a half. Oh, so yeah. you're like, fuck it. Yeah, they were in Detroit. So yeah. Like, Fly out to Detroit. Come on, let's- Day and a half. Because I think a lot of people don't realize that, that a lot of the consideration- Around taking parts is like, all right, how long am I going to have to be in, you know, Vancouver or sure. the Arctic or wherever? Y- yeah, that's right. I mean, depending on what your what yeah. your home life is like and what yeah. you, what your family's needs are, yeah. and all that you have to weigh all. Yeah, of that but it's stuff. Ne- it's not it's not as all immersive as people think. Like, if even if it's like three weeks, you can shoot a movie in three weeks. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's not I, terrible. No, I've done it. <laughs> um, no, you can get a lot done. I mean, yeah. it's also if it's a scene, you know, like Robin Williams' part in Goodwill Hunting was three weeks. That was it. Yeah, and though I mean, those are big, long, chunky scenes. They're like five-page yeah. scenes, like everything. You know, he's got pa- pa- he had pages of monologues yeah. in that movie, so it was a it was a shitload of work for him. Yeah. But they stacked it into three weeks, and he just was, and ready. it lasts forever. You put the three weeks in, and then it's like eternal. You have this eternal piece of film that goes on forever yeah and on 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 the flip side you can do apocalypse now and be there for a year 
right? And still not be done. And still not be done. <laughs> Have you ever had that situation where you're stuck on a set and you're like, when is this going to... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've had, without naming the movie, I've mm-hmm. had, you know, I, I, I consider that the, actually, I came to consider that to be the definition of a professional actor. Is, oh, right. Is, is yeah. knowing you're in a turkey. Oh, really? Yeah, and going like, all right, all right, I got four <laughs> more months <laughs> of like 15 hours a day. It's like, it's the up at dawn siege for four months on uh, like a, on, no ha- on Hamburger Hill. Yeah. Right? Like, like I'm definitely going to die here, but and I'm, knowing I'm it's, doing it. It's not going to be great. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's that's, that's as shitty as you can feel creatively, I think. And that's um, a long four months, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. It's, it's awful. Yeah. I, I, it's a feeling I really hope to avoid. I hope to never have that feeling. I think you, maybe you're past it, but you don't know. I mean, sometimes like the pedigree can be great and you get there and you're like, I don't Th- know. That's the thing. You're only, I mean, it's what I say to my daughter who gives me shit all the time. I'm like, we don't get to see the movie before we make it. Why is she giving you shit? Oh, she just, she's, she's just fucking funny. She yeah. just likes giving me shit. Like, is she, like, is she hard on you about your acting? Yeah. I mean, playfully hard. Yeah. On yeah. 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 Like, like she, what, she doesn't go to see my movies. Like, on she purpose. won't. On purpose. On the ones she thinks might be How good. old is she? 15. Ugh. But she's like, she crushes me on the ones that don't work. Really? <laughs> I mean, and she's, and she, the, she's just really funny. So I'm like, I. You I, let her do it? You just oh take it? Oh my God. It? Yeah. I mean. Like what? Like what does she say? Uh, like on which movies? So I did a movie called The Great Wall, which um, oh right, that was you got a little flack for that for yeah, were you I'm, playing an we, Asian guy. No, oh, no, okay, I was right. playing a European guy. Okay, but well, what was the flack? I don't remember. Uh, the flack was when the poster came out. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of kind of like, what is what is he doing on the Great Wall? Right. And is this cultural appropriation? Uh, I I you know, look, I I never I saw we saw the movie is, it's it's the exact same plot as. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia dances with wolves. Right. Avatar. It's yeah, outsider yeah. comes into a right. new culture, finds value in the culture, right. brings some skill from the outside that aids them in their fight against whatever. Yeah, and they're all changed forever. Right. Look, for me, it was yeah. like a ve- like Zhang Yimou, who was one of my favorite directors in the world. Yeah, and whose movies I love was in, you know he was came to it. L.A. and said, "Do you want to be in my movie?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You're gonna do like your Avatar." Like, yeah, yeah, uh, shit, yeah. yeah I'd yeah. love to do that. And um, did it do well? No, oh, no, it didn't. You know, so that so he there was a t- there was a point like a little ways into that movie where yeah. I, I I I you know I had to speak through a translator with him because I speak no Mandarin and he speaks yeah. no English. Yeah, and uh, and we had this great translator named Frank, and I said, Frank, can you know? In this scene, I'm supposed to do this, but can you ask the director? I, I, you know, this doesn't feel right. And and can he can he help me understand? You know, whatever it was. Yeah. And so Frank translates, and Jaimo comes back, and Frank says, "Yes, the director agrees with you, but says since this is a Hollywood movie." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh God, no, <laughs> no, no!" And it was this thing where he was make consciously making. Hollywood. What he perceived to be a Hollywood movie, right, and what right. his Hollywood partners perceived that w- they had convinced him that they wanted, right? Yeah. It was like yeah. this, and I was like, "This is exactly how disasters happen." Yeah, yeah, right. And, and I was like, it. "Frank, please tell him I came here to be in one of his movies." And how that, go you know, and uh, no, it just was the train had left the station. It I was guess. just, yeah. And that movie, you know, at any rate, whatever. It, 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 it's it's one of those movies where you go, you look at the ingredients. 
the keys of every department are yeah. some of the best in the business, mm -hmm. right? So the right. production designer, they, you know, every like really, really like boss yeah, people yeah. Yeah. with this this world class director yeah. at the at the helm, and yeah. I go like, I'm I'm in, and it's an experience. It's yeah. like I'm going to go to China, and and, and, yeah, and you know, this is going to be amazing. Um, but it doesn't cohere. It doesn't work as a movie, yeah. and, um, and and your daughter knows that. And my daughter really knows it, and so she she re she talks about the movie. She calls it the Wall. And when people are like, when we have people over for dinner, I'm like, I'm like, come on, it's called the Great Wall. And she's like, Dad, there's nothing great about that movie. <laughs> so she's really funny, and uh, yeah, great. she's like one of the funniest people I know. Which which you know has turned me into that kid who gets who gets bullied. Who's like, nice burn. Yeah, to his bully. <laughs> like, you have, you've got three daughters. I've got well four. My, so when I met my wife, she oh, right, uh, right. she'd been married before me, yeah, and she yeah. had a four year old. So it's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids. That four year old is now twenty three. So that that went fast. Wow. And yeah. where do you spend most of your time? New York. We're moving to New York. Yeah, I'm back to oh, New York. Oh. We'd lived there, and we lived in Florida for five Florida. years. Florida. That's where my wife lived when I met her, and uh, in, in Miami. In Miami. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then That's we crazy. moved up to New York. It's crazy in Miami. Yeah, well, it's different now. I mean, I lived there from, I don't know, I want to say 04 to 08 oh. or 09. It's always like, my mother uh, lives down there, and it's just, it, there's no place like Florida. It's fucking weird. It's yeah, Miami's, Miami's its own thing. Yeah, I mean, that's Miami's for sure. Like, yeah, but I mean, there's, if you live there, I, it's kind of it's kind of like living in Las Vegas. Like, I've shot, right. I've worked a lot in Las Vegas yeah. where... I've I've had to post up there for two two and a half months. Yeah, and you really get into the real rhythm, right? You know, yeah, yeah. you look at all the people who are like, ah, and they come in and yeah, like, right? And South Beach is like that. You see people come in out of their minds, but there is a groove to it. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a really cool. It's nice. Uh, food's good. Food's great. Yeah. Like great culture. It's like yeah. You know, no, I don't have nothing all against of these, it. All of these. It's like the capital city of South America, right? Like right. everybody comes yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and so it's a very like my my wife's Argentinian and her, her family is yeah. so it's like there there are all these other uh, things going on there that aren't that aren't South. Oh, yeah, it's like a full spectrum of the the Latino experience. Totally, yeah, yeah. like yeah. all different kinds. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. And then there's Jews and rednecks up north, and you, totally, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like you know, just driving there, you're like, holy shit! It's so <laughs> densely populated. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah, but uh, how? Like on all these movies, are you this like for any major part you do? Have you always been as immersive as that to where? Because I remember what movie was that where you played a junkie? Because oh, uh, Courage Under Fire. That yeah. was a great role. Yeah, and I remember Thanks. it because you really kind of like you lost a ton of weight. So this was always your approach that you were gonna like take yeah. a month and work as a bar back. I mean that not everyone does that, right? Um, Is that because you were? What made you make those kind of decisions to be that kind of actor? When did just, you just just an attempt to distinguish my oh, for eight, number one to do the best work that I could do? I thought that was the best way forward. But number two to kind of kind of carve out a career, right? But yeah. like what what like because some people are just good at pretending, right? Yeah, and some people take a more method approach, which I would imagine that's what you're doing. Where yeah, did but you, you can't pretend what you don't know. Right, so I don't it's know. Like, so I, don't I mean, can you pretend? You mean you can't pretend to be a roughneck if you've never been on an oil rig? I mean, you could in a sketch, 
But like, if right. you, unless you go down there and understand, like, there's a certain way they talk and walk, and everything came from me just being around them a little bit. But it just seems to me, I mean, I'm and I'm like, I, I that it's a it's a choice of craft. Like, you know, I imagine that some people watch some tapes or make some assumptions or listen to the director and build a character out of their ass and do okay with it. Sure. Right? But you've decided to go in this uh, method-like immersive direction. Did you learn that early on or did it was just a choice? That it was, how, where did you learn how to act initially? Uh, well, I, I did it, studied it all through kind of high school. We had this incredible yeah. high school drama teacher, Ben and... Uh, um, I did, and and uh, it it was a uh, you know it was all I ever really wanted to do. Was that like the? Do you find that when you think about how you do it, it's you learned everything you kind of know there that time. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of it. As it, did you know my my cousin? Uh, did you know Mr. Hutch? Mr. Hutch, yeah. Wait, I, where? I, it's a, he taught at one of their schools. He taught the. I don't think he taught you, but he taught both Affleck brothers, Mr. Oh, Hutchison, and Mr. I, in, in at Ringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my cousin's husband. Oh wow! And I, right. didn't, I, I I've interviewed Casey, and I, and I didn't realize <laughs> that. I didn't. I didn't ask him. Oh know, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I never I, had him. I never yeah. had him. But yeah, yeah, I remember him. So, but do you like? Do you think back on that? It's like the, everything you learned was sort of there. Most uh, of it. A lot of it, yeah, a yeah. lot of it, yeah, yeah, a lot of it. Certainly, the work ethic, uh, the that teacher Jerry Specka was his name. He was just incredible, and he was so serious, and made us take our work so seriously, and and care, and 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 in high was, school, in high school, yeah, it was all about the art, you know, really, really, uh, kind of building a work ethic. Is that us. guy still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't teach at the high school anymore. But. But did you guys stay in touch with him throughout? I haven't the years? talked to him since. I haven't worked back in Boston since The Departed, and that was like I think the last time I saw Jerry. Which is, again, it's you know, it's, yeah, it, that's somehow fifteen, sixteen years ago, and like yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know how that time went past, but there yeah. you have it. I just like Martin Sheen just falling through frame right. from that building. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great shot. It's like why am I looking at the side of a building, and then it's like oh, there goes Marty Sheen. <laughs> Old Marty Sheen. Yep. Oh, you and Wahlberg were, were great in that. He's like, you know, when you, like, when you work with people, like, I, I talked to Ethan Hawke once uh, about Training Day. He brought up Training Day, mm-hmm. and he's like, um, preparing for that movie, he literally watched Denzel movies like they were training films, like like game films. Like he. Uh-huh. he <laughs> Really? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to let him take it. I'm not going to. I gotta, you know, I gotta figure out a way. To you know, yeah. to survive in a scene with that guy, right, right. and hold the frame. Do you ever think that way? No, I, 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 I always think of it as a cooperative, uh, yeah, proposition. You yeah. know what I mean. But uh, some people think of it as a competition. Yeah. Or I think he just wanted to survive because he knew right. that, like that part that he, you know Denzel's part in that movie was going to eat the entire. I mean, that's an it's massive, an amazing role, yeah, a yeah massive yeah, yeah. role. It's a great role for a great actor too. So sure, yeah, it's like, ha, sure. Ha, ha, like yeah, yeah, how do, how do I, you not just like be like you know why how's is that there guy any talking? oxygen left for me? Right? Yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, I remember and funny that you say that because I remember on Courage Under Fire, yeah, Denzel bristling a little bit like. Because I came in and and I had lost all that weight, uh-huh. and the scene that we did—I mean, because Denzel's great in that movie as he is in everything—yeah. The scene that we did was he's he's interviewing me, so it was really my scene. He's just asking these questions, right? And at the end of the scene, at the end of the day, he goes, <laughs> "When do I see you again?" 
And I was like, oh, next Thursday, uh, sir, we're going to do a scene uh, out by the lake. He was like, oh, I mean, I got, I got actors gaining weight, losing weight, coming, you know. <laughs> and he was like, I was like, oh, the big man, wait a minute. I'm like. You shook him up a little. Yeah, shook him up. But, you know, I mean, I'm like, you'll get yours, dude. You are, you are the man. So, so that's funny because so that was, was smart of Ethan because he's like, that's the way he thinks. Well, so I mean, gonna... but it's like sometimes, you know, I remember talking to Edward Norton about that on Rounders. Like, yeah. like there was this, like, I just, it's as the lead of the movie. Yeah. Sometimes you're just carrying the water. You know, you, you have a certain job you got to do and you got to make room and you're making room and all these people are like going off around you and you and you're like it's not i'm not Right. I'm not the. I'm. That's not my job. On well, this you just got to hold it. You got to hold it. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, I get it. I get it. And it's it's gracious and it's appropriate and it's the right thing to do to provide space. Right. Like when you said you liked to act, it reminded me a story of a that Rob Reiner told me. I think it was Reiner. It was it was probably Reiner, where you know, in A Few Good Men, where Nicholson is when he's on the stand, mm-hmm. you know, and and Tom Cruise is going at him. Yeah. Like he would he would stay there for their coverage. Sure. You know, and and. Uh, and and go all in, yeah, yeah, you know. Sure. And Reiner, I think, said, uh, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to go all in. You know, you can just do the lines and for them. And it's nice of you to stay there. He goes, I, I love to act. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was a beautiful scene too. So I mean, that, you could imagine wanting to do that one. And what was yeah. it like working with him at the at the age he was at for The Departed? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was just just amazing. Um, do you pick stuff up from these guys? Yeah, a, a ton. I mean, I, I I remember the very first time I rehearsed with him was at his hotel in New York, and I went up with Marty, and we it was just the three of us, and Marty got up to uh, use the restroom, I think, so it was just uh, the two of us, and Jack got up to grab a cup of coffee from the little thing, and he turned around, and he goes, you know, I never would have made it this long if I wasn't a great fucking writer. And I remember thinking, of course, right? Like, how would you, how do you have a forty-five yeah. year career? Yeah. If you you know, and that was my the, my real takeaway from him was, this was my favorite story of The Departed, with Jack was, because he would go home and he couldn't sleep because he was so he was he was he was working he was yeah. just working on this thing and, and coming up with stuff, so he had a scene, which was. This was really instructive for me as a as an actor. Uh-huh. The scene was one eighth of a page, and it said, "Costello, that's his character's name, yeah. executes a man kneeling in the marsh." That's all it said. And so, if you know, you're on a long movie, you look at that, you're like, "Okay, I don't have any lines tomorrow. It's just one eighth of a page. I shoot a guy in the back of the head." <laughs> and Jack came. Jack. I, I I didn't work that day. I came the next day, and, and Jack was so excited. He was like, "Wait till you hear what I did." You know, he's like, and I was like, "I right, tell me, tell me." You know, I got my coffee and sat down. Like, what'd you do? Yeah. And he goes, "Well, it was an eighth of a page. It said, yeah, Costello executes man kneeling in the marsh." And he goes, "You know, I've seen that before." He goes, "So what I did is I made it a woman," and I go, "Oh, okay." And he goes, and I put Ray in the scene with me. Yeah. And Ray Winston, who's yeah. like one of you know, great the great actor. He was playing yeah. Jack's right hand right. man. Yeah, I know. He's great. And Jack's thing was he goes, I'm, I'm from the Harvey Corman school. Uh, uh, or the, or the, uh, 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 sorry, but I say Harvey Corman. Yeah, Harvey, the, the, hilarious. Harvey Corman, Harvey yeah. Corman hilarious. Yeah. The, uh, the Roger Corman school right. of uh, where I came up, low budget, 
whatever whatever writing you do, you can't add to the budget. Right. right? It right. can't cost us money. Yeah. So he goes, in a Roger Corman school, he goes, you you uh he goes, I we're gonna keep it in this same shot, right? I'm not yeah. gonna add any time or money to the schedule. He goes, but I shoot her in the back of the head and she falls over. Yeah. Now you could end the scene there, but if you keep the camera rolling, I turn to Ray and I say, geez, she fell funny. <laughs> now that's a very sinister line. <laughs> it suggests that I've, I've done this before and there's a way that people fall. Yeah. He goes, now you could end the scene there, but if you leave the camera rolling, yeah. Ray reveals an axe that he's holding behind his back. He's going to chop her up. <laughs> so Ray starts to step forward. Now you could, you could end the scene there, but if you leave the camera rolling, I say, wait, I think I want to fuck her again. Now that's a very sinister line. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, he goes, and now there's a pause. Now you could end the scene there. Right. But if you, if you keep the camera rolling, yeah. Ray gives me a look, and after a long pause, I go, ah, <laughs> like I got him, you yeah, know? Yeah, right, right, right. And you could end the scene there. But if you keep the camera rolling, yeah. Ray says to me, Francis, you really ought to see somebody. And so that, so he tells me that. And so the scene as it, as it, my, I recall from the movie is actually, cause he, that's, there's so many options. All he did was take one more minute. Yeah. Right. He right. took a lot of time writing that and figuring that out. Think, on thinking his own. out beat for beat. Yeah. It, it, but, but, but all it added to production was one minute. Yeah. They had two angles on it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. You, you add, no, you add nothing but one minute to your production time. And what 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 ended up being in the movie, I think, was he shoots her. He says, "Geez, she fell funny." Yeah. And Ray says, "Francis, you really ought to see someone, right? Saw somebody." So I can't remember why did he shoot a woman. I can't remember. Just because he he was like, it's different from shooting a guy. No, I know, but I can't remember her character. I can't remember that I, I, happening. I, I think she was like nondescript. I can't remember if we'd established her somewhere. Right, already right. established her somewhere yeah. else in the movie. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen the movie in fifteen years. But 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 just that. That the, the process that, of that yeah that's his creative process that's his creative but you process. don't always have that freedom to do that you don't you don't yeah. but that's why when he did yeah he wasn't letting any of those moments go by even if they seemed like throwaway moments and Scorsese was open to that stuff? yes yeah of course of course because you shoot all of it right yeah. you're never going to use all of it right but you're going to use some of it and you don't quite know where and as he and Thelma were his editor great editor they're they're figuring out the pace of the movie you know you go oh we can allow for that here this sure. is okay yeah, yeah let's yeah. drop this in here and that, you know what I mean yeah, and the weird comedy beat right right yeah, exactly right. exactly and dicaprio you guys uh, have you guys worked together again no that was it that's weird right isn't it i mean yeah i mean I, I was look i was happy that one even fell into my lap i i was you know for mark and 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 for me we're that's you know that could, that's the our scene, home turf <laughs> right right you know that that zone yeah the boston yeah what's that line Wahlberg has it's like i'm the guy doing my job you must be the other guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had so many great lines in that movie that was a really great character it was crazy yeah and that that look on your face when he comes in to shoot you that's the yeah. best you're just yeah. like oh, oh, fuck. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right go ahead <laughs> so yeah. do you you didn't finish harvard right no did you not like it well, I loved it. No, I loved it. I I, uh, I went 
What did you get from that experience? Like, well, I mean, because I, I, I weirdly judge Harvard people. Oh, really? I'm not really judging you. Well, no, not in a bad way. It just seems like you. Know, for the most of them that I've met, the one thing that they get is this sort of relentless confidence in their own ambition. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, I look. I grew up in Cambridge, so I had a very. I was a very different type of Harvard student because I had a very different. Where was your, uh, where, what part of town? I lived Central there. Square. Around, oh, you were in Central yeah. Square. Do you remember that restaurant, Oh Calcutta? The Indian Of course, place? yeah. I, that was the first place I had Indian food. It's the best. No shit. Yeah, man. Look at it. Got a Newberry comic shirt on. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was in Boston from like 81 till, you know, on and off through 80 through 90 91 you know i was there i was yeah. there the whole time yeah yeah ben's dad was uh the bartender at the Cantab. oh yeah, yeah that's right i talked to i think i talked to casey about that a bit so what about your folks so my mom was a professor at uh, leslie college she, she oh, taught yeah, early yeah. childhood education yeah yeah and uh and my dad was uh in the 70s he was a stockbroker then he taught school for a year then he ended up uh um he found a, a little uh, niche in the ta in the tax laws whereby big corporations could get tax credits for investing in low income housing. Yeah, and he figured that out and and just facilitated a bunch of those deals and he did really well and uh, and he helped people. And he helped people and yeah. he retired. He retired when he was fifty three and went and coached uh, baseball. Really? <laughs> yeah, high school baseball. Is That's... he still around? No. Oh, no. he sorry, died man. at seventeen. Thank you. Yeah, your mom. She's here. Yeah, she's oh, here. Good. I'll see her. I'll see her. Uh, I'm going to New York tomorrow, so I'll see her uh, in New York. Oh, she's coming down? Or she's going to she... come down for the premiere in New York. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Especially after this fucking year, man, because, you know. Yeah. She, that, that, her age, you know, that cohort, that's been the, they've been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's scary. Well, and, and just, and just kept away from their own grandkids and kids. It's just. Sucked. Nightmare. Sucked for them. So, okay, so you grew up in Cambridge, so you know the Tasty. I we shot the last thing in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, that's right. In the yeah, Tasty, yeah, yeah, right yeah, before they yeah. fucking tore it down and put a, I forget like Benetton. There's or nothing there. It's, it's like it's, that, they've gutted it everything. Like, yeah, no, it looks like Anaheim. I used to work. You know, when I went back to Boston after I hit, you know, got all fucked up on drugs out here for a year, I went back to Boston. I was living in Somerville. Yeah, we lived there. Yeah, on Cottage Ave. My mom still lives there. Oh, really? Yeah. Before it was anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and. They, I just remember, I remember when they opened a Dunkin' Donuts downstairs for, or around the corner from where I lived, but Somerville was like nothing. The one in Davis Square or the one- Yeah, Davis Square. Yeah, that's the one. Ben and I lived on, where was it, Orchard Street. Oh, yeah. Um, and I used to walk to that Dunkin' Donuts every morning. Oh, God, when they came out with the big one, remember yeah. like it was like a big thing. Now it's just a large coffee, but yeah. there was like this, you know, big one- Regular, you know. Well, because like, oh. they had to sell us the idea that we needed any that much of any fluid. <laughs> <But it was laughs> now so we just good. accept it. <laughs> I know, but there's still something fucked up about Dunkin' Donuts. I still, I'll buy the beans because so, I. Oh, so do I, dude. I, yeah. Oh my god, it like, jacks you up. We tried to. We tried to like when they franchised it out here. Ben and I tried to get in on that. We were like, "There's only like one. It's over in Atwater. There's maybe two. I think there's, there's one, one in Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. But that's it. I, I mean, know. on the East Coast, they're like fucking everywhere. Yeah. Like you panic. You're like, is there? There's got to be a Dunkin' around, right? Yeah. And then you go find one. There, it's, yeah. I never, I never buy a fucking donut there, though. It's always the coffee. Well, just I, as a, yeah, as a, as I get older, I just can't, yeah. I can't eat the donuts. Can't I do love the, the donuts. donuts, but. So you come up and you grew up in Cambridge, like the Tasty. I used to work at the Coffee Connection in the come garage. On. Really? Yeah, I worked at the Dance Plus in the garage. <laughs> I did. It was a summer job. My job was to stand outside and hand out 
uh, flyers to people. Really? 50% off for Capizio's. That gar- I don't. Is the garage still even there? I think so. Like the coffee connection was pre-Starbucks, and you had to, if you got a coffee at and sat down to drink it, you had to get it in a French press. Right. That was the gimmick. Right. And that right. guy, the guy who owned the place, was traveling all over the world getting beans. Right. And I was just there living in Somerville, drinking way too much fucking coffee. And I go back to Somerville. I'm living in an attic room, and I couldn't sleep, so I'd end up at the Tasty talking to that dude Mike. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, I was. It's so funny. I was just talking about Mike the other day. I don't know what with someone. To Mike. I can't. I can't. Everyone's. Do you knew Mike? And I was like, Fuck yeah, I knew Mike. Yeah. Everybody who went in there after midnight knew Mike. Yeah. yeah. And Mike was like a, a regular guy. And yeah. there was that was weird great. guy that played guitar named Luke. Who was yeah, around? Luke. Yeah, Jesus, man. Yeah, Luke. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I dated a girl in high school who just was like obsessed with Luke and used yeah. to get the the pamphlets and yeah, because he he'd have to he wasn't he didn't have a permit he wasn't he wasn't allowed to say that he was performing he had to kind of act like he just showed up but right. he wanted to get the word out yeah, and it was yeah. like you know I mean yeah. Albon Pan was like was packed with people every oh, time out front he played. when he was out singing yeah yeah, yeah 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 you know that was a great spot it I mean, was so, so sad that it's, i'm really happy that we got it in the movie it's so weird what happened to all of boston like even like i i went to bu so kenmore square all that stuff is gone yeah. whatever personality both harvard square and kenmore square had even central square to a degree central square is totally different it's gone. Square was fucking dangerous when it was I a nightmare there. yeah yeah um, when but, you grew up there right? yeah yeah man and, and uh it was scary. <laughs> and then the Middle East came. Yeah, the the Middle East, Nabil and Joseph, who owned yeah. the Middle East. Like my the, the, my brother, you know, they, they're great, and they would put uh, local artists on the wall. And my brother was one of the artists that they put on the wall. And he met his wife like twenty seven years ago. I remember that, right? Because she was, yeah, she was, she was a graphic designer for the MIT Tech Review, and wanted one of his paintings for the cover. And that's how they met in 1990. Wow. Oh, fuck, I want to. Actually, it might even be 1991. Wow, one or two, like yeah. a, lo- a long, long time ago. Yeah, uh, maybe 30 years ago. Is your uh, brother still an artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's What's his thing? Mixed medium. He's like painting, sculpture, um, and it's just a two of you. Yeah. Wow. So two Afflecks, two Damons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Damons are older though. We're you know I'm I'm. Two years older than Ben, five years older than Casey, and then my brother's three years older than me. So your experience at Harvard was different because you know you felt like you were you came up there. Yeah, I mean, I walked in with a chip on my shoulder. I think a little bit as you know, because we, we all kind of resented the you know it's always that rocky marriage between the local kids and the you know the, the yeah. interlopers and yeah. Um, so you guys felt scrappy a little bit, yeah, a little bit, yeah, and you know, and my freshman year, you know. Ben's dad was the uh, head of all the janitorial staff in Harvard Yard, and the freshmen all live in Harvard Yard. So yeah. Ben's dad's girlfriend at the time, Connie, was the janitor in my dorm. Yeah. Right? So, so these people you grew up with. Yeah. And so yeah. it was kind of like, you know, when I would see, you know, freshmen, yeah, 18-year-old kids, yeah. like, like throwing shit around, be like, you know, fuck you. Someone's got to clean that yeah. up. Yeah. You know someone what I, mean? I know. Someone I know is actually going to clean it up. <laughs> So yeah, I was a little chippy, and uh, but I think you know somewhere out of that Goodwill Hunting kind of, you know, and I should say like the my the last year I was there, I, I I took this great playwriting class, and that's where I started this idea of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Um, and uh, who taught that? A guy uh, named Anthony Kubiak was the name of the professor. He was yeah. really really great. I took a bunch of classes of his. I really liked him, and he was incredibly helpful. And um and and in fact when I when I I turned. I was supposed to write a one-act play for the 
for the final project. Yeah. And I handed in 45 pages of... Of Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, of a, of, of, a, of a screenplay. Yeah. It was very different. Obviously, Ben and I changed it. But I, I handed it in and was like, I think I failed your class. Like, this isn't yeah. what you asked for, but this is kind of what came out. And he could not have been more effusive and supportive and encouraging. He said, you know, please don't stop with this. Please keep going. There's something here. Yeah. And um, and then I went out to L.A. to audition for stuff during spring break, like a month later. And yeah. I showed, that's when I showed it to Ben. And, yeah. and Ben said the same thing. He said, I don't know what where to go, but let's keep working on it. And so we did. That's so nice when a teacher does the right thing. Yeah, no, I As mean, as opposed it was, to be competitive or condescending, or, he yeah. he could have completely shut you down. Yeah, and I would have listened. <clears throat> right. I mean, right, I would have listened. Wild man, the impact people have in our lives. Yeah, well, it was great talking to you, pal. Yeah, man, thanks. <laughs> great talking to you too. That was fast. Yeah, are you are. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, I like the movie, man. I always like your work. You always, uh, you know, you're one of the best, and you know, it's uh, nice of you to say, man. It's for, it's for real, you know. Like I, anytime you're in something, it's sort of like, well, it's gonna be good, you, you know. And, and you can good. do anything. Do you have a good time on those oceans movies? I, that yeah, was, those are. Great. Isn't that the whole idea? Of those yeah, things? yeah, to kind of capture the, the 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 joy of making them. <laughs> but you, I mean, it, it seems like you. It's like genuinely, like even like. Everybody, like uh, you and Clooney, and even like Con- James, uh, Scott Conn, yeah, and yeah. and, uh, and uh, Affleck, Casey and Scott, yeah, it's like really all these great. different comedy bits going on. Yeah, and Brian, yeah. yeah. The heavy lifting on those movies is done by Steven. Yeah, right. I mean that's a hard job, right? Trying Managing to balance, men. manage these guys. Yeah, yeah it's like truckload of movie stars. Uh, a truck. It's like wrangling cats, right? Like <laughs> nobody's taking it seriously enough, and and you're trying to balance all these different narratives and make a movie that that, that works. And yeah. um, and it's you know. funny too. Now he, but that's all organic. Like I mean, Soderbergh seems like a serious guy, but he obviously has a good sense of comedy. I mean, the, oh my god, yeah, the yeah. informant was great. Yeah, that's and, one of my favorites. Oh, it's so funny to have been on. Yeah, and also the uh, behind the candelabra has. Like, I mean, I, there's some hilarious shit in that sad ass movie. Yeah, dude. You know, we've like, talked about we've talked there there. I hope we can do like a sequel to that. Like, is that possible with that guy? With that guy. Post, post yeah. what happened death? to him? after like oh yeah. interesting um it was not great right i mean I, I i just remember reading articles at the time the movie came out i mean there would be you know we would have to get richard legravenes if interested to write it but you know it we could do it in 10 10 years or whatever huh but that was another you were great uh thanks. again great talking thanks man thanks yeah, mark <laughs> okay the movie that Madison is called Stillwater, uh, directed by Tom McCarthy, who did Spotlight. It's a great movie. Uh, it's a great movie. It, you know, it's a it's a surprising movie in a way that uh, you know is about it's it's surprising in how it depicts humanity. I'm not saying it's surprising in its humanity, but maybe it is. I don't want to spoil nothing. Also, tour dates. If you didn't hear me, because you forwarded through it. Uh, are at wtfpod.com slash tour. Uh, there are dates in Denver, uh, Arizona, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Utah, St. Louis, Missouri, uh, Bloomington, Indiana, and I will be adding more Dynasty typewriter dates at some point. It feels that way to me. Okay? Okay? Let's rumble a little. Let's do the, the swampy rumble. <laughs> Thank you.
Monkey, LaVonda, Cat Angels everywhere, man. Cat Angels fucking everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> 